Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Hey everybody, it's Nikki, the Communication Coach here. I hope you're well and having a great day, whatever you're doing. And today we're going to talk about how to negotiate like a professional. So we've all seen the professional negotiators, salesmen who try to sell us things that perhaps we don't want. When we go to seminars and there's a selling pitch, uh, when people phone us up and also being negotiated with as a partner, as a parent, as a team leader, as a manager, it's all the same. So negotiation skills cover a majority of situations. And what I've done today is I've taken six different aspects of negotiation that you can implement to any negotiation that you're about to have, whether that is with a member of your staff or with your child or with your partner or family, whatever it is, these will work in any situation. So number one is it's not all about you. Now, if you've listened to my other podcasts, you'll know that I have a great saying of it's not all about you. And what I mean by that is that we generally come at everything we do in our life from our own point of view. And that's totally understandable because if we didn't and we didn't look out for ourselves, then who on earth would look out for us? So it's understandable that we would come at things from our own point of view. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is, is we end up having conversations completely for our own point of view without even considering what the other person might want from the conversation, which is a negotiation, whichever way you look at it, because everything we're doing is about selling ourselves. So every negotiation, every sorry, every conversation we have is generally a negotiation. And it's probably about something that we want. Now, this can be in any aspect of your life. If you want to sell something to somebody, now that's about you and your product. If you are negotiating a contract and you're trying to get the other person to agree to a different price, again, it's about selling you because you are the person that they are going to trust because if they don't trust you, then you're never going to have a negotiation and that works in every aspect of life. Think about this. Your boss. Think about people that you have had as bosses and the relationship that you have with them. Now that your relationship, I'm going to suggest, is much better with those people that you trust and respect, two words there, trust and respect, than those people who you think you're an idiot and I have no respect for you so I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah, I'll do what you ask me to do because I have to because it's my work. Actually, I'm not going to do it to the best of my ability and you're not going to get the best out of me. And most people don't have respect or trust because they don't listen to what the other person is saying. So they don't understand what it is that the other person wants or what it is is that's motivating the other person. If you think about your own life at home, perhaps you've got children, and often we tell people what to do and we use the words, don't we, you should or you need to or I want you to. Now that's all about us. That's all about what we want from life. And if you listen to your communication and how you talk, I bet you're surprised at how often in the day you say those three words, I want, I need you to, you should, and any other aspects of it all being about you. So think about what the other person wants. In a relationship, what does your partner want? So maybe you want to go out on a Saturday and they don't for whatever reason. Think about what they're telling you. What is the reason behind that? Really listen to the words that they're using. With your children, it's exactly the same. 
when you want them to do something for you, then that you're going to come at that conversation from your point of view and what you want. Think about what they want. How are they taking on board what you're saying to them? Are they listening back to you? Is it clear actually they don't want to do what you're asking them to do? So life is a big negotiation, I'm afraid, ladies and gents. I'd love to say it wasn't, but it really is. And that can be from, you know, getting a parking space, negotiating a big contract, negotiating somebody away from the edge of a rooftop, negotiating with somebody to release a kidnapped person, negotiating with your child to get them to put their shoes on, negotiating with your teenager around a time that is acceptable to come home. They are all aspects of what does the other person want. And the only way you will ever find out what the other person wants is to remember that you're coming at it from your own point of view and to listen to what they are telling you. Not half-heartedly, gosh, stick my teeth back in, not half-heartedly listen, but really listen to the words that they're using and what they're saying to you. And this is, I think, where most people fall down because when you come into a negotiation, you already know what you want and you don't come at it from the other person's perspective. And if you don't do that, you're always going to have a challenge on your hands. So think about what you're going into. What is the conversation? What do you want? Is it a contract? What do you want from the contract? What does the other person want? What's behind that? A lot of people might be coming into a contract and they actually can't drop the price for whatever reason. Perhaps their boss has said to them, you know, there's no way we're dropping this price. And if you don't get me this deal, your job's on the line. That's a big behind the scenes Um, consequence if they don't get what they want from that negotiation perhaps your children are going to a party on Saturday night where all the other children are going and they want to stay out until midnight you want them home by 10 p.m and they don't want to look stupid in front of their other friends because there's a big consequence behind that of fitting in what do they want from that you're talking to your partner and their partner is desperate to um I don't know, go on a course. Perhaps they want to go on a course which you don't want them to go on because of the cost implications. But actually the consequence behind that is this is more about their personal development and how they feel about themselves. So think about where is the other person coming from. Number two, what are you willing to compromise on? So think about when you go into the conversation, the negotiation with whoever it is and whatever it is about, What are you willing to compromise on? So if it's a big corporate deal and there are certain aspects of that deal, what are the ones that you can go, actually, I'm going to offer this up. I'm going to have this in my back pocket to offer up and say, okay. So if the other person says, okay, we want you to give us that, uh, we want you to knock £10,000 off that contract and you know that that's never going to happen, But there is something else that you could perhaps offer them, maybe. Maybe you could offer to do a different aspect of the work or you could take something else on board or you're willing to drop something off the contract like a time limit or the number of people involved. So that would be your compromise. If it's your child coming in late, you want them in by 10, they want to come in at 1 o'clock, what is your compromise? Where are you on that? Can you bring it back half an hour? Can it bring it back an hour? Do they really need to be in at 10 o'clock? What is that, your point of view around that? So can there be some flexibility? Can you get an agreement from them that they will 
get a lift home with somebody else? Or is there something specific that you would like them to do that they haven't been doing that you can compromise or use that in that negotiation? If it's your boss and they want some work done by the end of this week, but you know you're never going to be able to do it because of all the work they've already given to you. So you want to go into a negotiation with them about buying yourself some time and not having to deliver on the Friday. Perhaps there's something that you are willing to compromise on that that you would come in on the Monday or that you will make sure that next week the other report that isn't due in for two weeks' time will be on their desk. So always have something in your back pocket that you're either willing to give or willing to go without. Number three, the word no. The word no. Everybody shies away from the word no. And uh, I have been reading a book by Chris Voss, who's an ex-FBI negotiator, and he talks about actually no is not a bad thing. It just means that the other person wants to be in control. And I thought about this a lot because I come from an aspect of no quite a lot in my life. If you ask my partner, they'll tell you that, that if there is something that's taking me out of my comfort zone or pushing me away from a goal or something that I perceive to be true, I will say no. My instant reaction is no without me even thinking about it. I am getting better and I am working on it and listening to my own words that I use. But no doesn't mean no, I'm never going to. No is often about somebody else being in control. So if you're offering somebody a product and the immediate you reaction you get is no, then don't be offended and don't push back and don't go, oh, oh that's it then. Think about why they're saying no. Maybe reflect that back to them. Oh, you're saying no. So um, there seems to be something that you're not happy with in that deal. And find out what it is. It might just be a time thing. It might be a money thing. It might be that they will pay you in installments rather than the full amount because they don't have that cash at the moment. It might be that when they get home and tell their partner they're going on another course, that they're going to know they're going to have an argument because there's a bigger consequence than what they're being offered. Or it's because they're not in control. And we all like to be control in control. You take the teenager situation again. You, you, you take the curfew. They're not in control of that curfew. And they think all their mates are going to be out. And there's that bigger picture behind of, I really want to fit in. I really want to do what my mates do. Because it's really important when you're a teenager about fitting in. Whether we like it or, or not. And as you get older, you realise that it's not so important but when you're, you reflect back on your teenage years, you wanted to fit in. You didn't want to look stupid. And that fear, you know, we all suffer. We talk a lot about what fears hold us back. And one of those big fears is the fear of looking stupid. So is that part of the control aspect from your teenager? Do they feel out of control that, again, you're controlling their life? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be in control of their life. Don't get me wrong here, ladies and gents. I'm just trying to make your life a little bit easier when you're having that negotiation around the time factor. So rather than that complete no, you're going to be back at 10, let's talk about that. Right, so you want to be in at 1. I'd like you in by 10, but I can hear actually that that's really important to you. There's something behind actually you want to stay out late. And, and we'll talk about that and find out what it is. It might be that, uh, right, do your homework now. No. Right, okay. Do your homework now. No. I'm watching telly. Mm-hmm. And you can almost feel the emotion, can't you, <laughs> starting to get in the way. And you're thinking, actually, I'm telling you to do your homework because your homework is important because I'd like you to get really good grades. I'd like you to leave school, being able to have the opportunities that you want to. 
but it becomes a conversation about here and now and the other person wanting to be in control. If I'm standing on top of a roof of a building talking to somebody in crisis and I say, step back from the edge, will you? No. Why would they step back from the edge? That's about what I want, not about what they want. So you have to reframe it in a way that makes it about them and not about you, which always comes back to point number one is it's not all about you all of the time. So when you get a no, don't immediately push back. Relax into the conversation and just say, okay, I can hear there's a challenge around that. So let's find out what this challenge is and don't let your emotions suddenly take over the conversation and it become a row. Don't be combative in your listening. Now, what I mean by that is if you haven't listened to the podcast on how to listen, is often we will come at our listening perspective from what we believe to be true and right. And we will be very combative. Now, there are some... uh, President Trump, he is a great combative communicator. And so he's very direct in his language. And if he is challenged around something, he'll immediately become defensive and challenge back. And think of a time... Let's let's take the teenager again, that combative conversation. So uh, do your homework. No. Now, immediately, you're going to get that... I'm not comfortable with that and I'm telling you what to do and I'm your parent and you're going to go into combative listening mode rather than actually what is this all about and let's listen properly same as I'm coming home at 1am no you're coming home at 10 no I'm coming home at 1am you can't tell me what to do whilst you're living under my roof I will tell you what to do and if you want to lift home you are coming back at 10pm and immediately we're into combative conversation where both of you believe that you're right and you're pushing against each other. So when we're listening, be mindful of that. Be mindful of how you're listening to them. Are you being combative? Or are you actually listening to the words that they're telling you and trying to work out their motivation? Because if you can work out people's motivation, it makes life a lot easier because you can use that to your advantage. And I don't mean in a negative way. Any of these skills that you learn through these podcasts, um, treat them with integrity. Because if you treat people unfairly and you do not respect people, then you will lose everything. And if you don't have respect and you don't have trust, then you will never, ever be able to negotiate. Think about a time that somebody has lied to you, done something behind your back, you found out about it, and and then just think of the words that you associate with that person now around the trust. And I'm betting that most of you will never trust that person again because they hurt you. And you're probably throwing words around in your head like betrayal and hate and angry and frustrated and belittled and and, we said betrayed. But all of those words are fairly negative words. And you're certainly saying them in a negative tone, even if the word itself isn't negative. So every time you break somebody else's trust, that's exactly what they think about you. And then it's harder to get that trust back. In fact, most of the time, it will always be there. And people will find it very difficult to negotiate or even have a conversation with you so that's number four don't be combative number five so work as a team so in a negotiation work as a team and uh, there i was sold some blinds once i think i've probably told you this story before on another podcast but i was sold some blinds once by this lady who was brilliant at negotiation and even though i knew all the tricks and all the tools that she was using and i was listening there smiling to myself i couldn't but help the way that she did it and yes i did end up buying the blinds from her So often, and certainly I've noticed this in car sales when um, my last car was sold to me and when I was having double glazing, but they will give you an offer 
the salesperson will give you an offer and then they will go out and either make a call or they'll pop into the office of their boss to see if they can get a better offer for you. And then they will start to use words like you and me. So you and I are working as a team together. It's not me that's making this decision. It's my boss and there's not more that I can do about that. What can I go? What can I take back to my boss? If you are the boss and you're doing your negotiations, I'm going to suggest that you want to change your tactics and that you will have somebody else. And I'll come into that in another podcast, actually, around negotiation. But don't be the decision maker. Don't be the decision maker if you've got to negotiate, especially a deal in the corporate world. Uh, I'm not saying that in parenting. That's slightly different because you are the decision maker and they already know that. But work as a team. So use words like you and me and then move those words onto we. So let's take the teenager who doesn't want to come home at the time specified. Okay, so let's work work together on this. It it sounds to me like it's important that you come home at 1am because all your friends, you said all your friends are going to be there till 1am and that's what their parents do. So how can you and I, you and me, work together to find a solution whereby we're both happy? with this what would you suggest and then you can move that forward to so this is what we are going to do together and you start working as a team if it's a negotiation around a big contract then it's right so that sounds to me like the money that you are asking us to pay is too much from our perspective you know my boss it it, there's no way that they're going to allow that to happen and it sounds like your bosses are the same so how can you and me work together And then we can come up with a proposal. So it's just about changing that language. And then you feel that bonded connection working as a team rather than as two individuals. And then finally, if any of you haven't read Robert Cialdini's Influence and Persuasion, The Laws of Influence and Persuasion, I would strongly recommend you do that, especially if you're in the corporate negotiation world or in the sales world or running your own business. In fact, this works in parenting as well and with partners. In fact, read the book because it's an amazing book. (laughs) It will give you some really good tips that you can use. But always give somebody's choice. You give people choice without actually giving them choice. So, for example, when I'm talking about doing homework, are you going to do your homework before or after dinner? So the other person has the choice about doing it before or after dinner but actually there's no choice around the homework the homework is the non-negotiable aspect and it's going to get done but it's the way that you sell it so if you're looking at a, a contract you could give the person choice around how that would work if you're offering a sale give them choice without giving them choice so you know when you buy my course do you want to pay in installments or do you want to pay in a one-off hit all right, okay, um, actually, I'll pay in installments. That works much better for me, thank you. So when people have choice, they feel in control. They believe that they are making the decisions for themselves, which they are, but it's just about how you go about selling that to somebody around the choice. And standing on the edge of a roof, am I going to ask somebody to say, right, you come down? No, that's never going to work in a million years because that's not about somebody's c- being in control and that's all about me and what I want. But if I give them the choice of how they're going to come down, so they are in control, like, you, do you, you know, do you want to see your mum before you come down? Do you want a cigarette? Then they have better control. 
when you're selling a, a, a product, do you want me to add that to your product when you buy this? Again, it's about their control. Do you want to come back to me tomorrow or in the morning? Are you going to put that report on my desk today or tomorrow morning? So there's choice without actually having choice. So there are six ways of how to negotiate like a pro, like a professional, I should say, really. So negotiating like a pro doesn't sound quite right. I do apologise. Um, like a professional. And so they're your six tips. Number one, it's not all about you. Remember that. That runs through everything that we do. It's not all about you. And number two, what are you willing to compromise on? So go in with something in your back pocket that you will compromise on. Or you'll, you'll either give or you'll take away, but you're happy to do so and it doesn't really affect the overall outcome. Number three, no is about control sometimes. So don't, when you get a no, think, right, that's it, I'm never getting a deal. Listen to what the person's saying to you and then think about, okay, that's that sounds like that person wants to be in control. And maybe even reflect that back to them. Oh, that sounds like you'd like to be in control or you don't feel like you're in control. Because often it's about change and people are frightened of change. We know that. Lots of people are very fearful of moving forward, so they'll come at something from a position of no until they feel they're in control, and I include myself in that. Don't listen from a combative view, uh, point of view. Always listen from, actually, what is this about and what is the other person trying to tell me? And then number five, work as a team, me and you, and change the words me and you to we as you start to form that relationship. Give choice. And always respect, always respect and earn people's trust. Okay, so that's it. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Let me know if there's anything else I can help you with. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Coms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you.